Becky. How about you, Eugene or, or, or SC? Is that any, any notes to share about what you wish you would have known at the outset before you started your journey? So I, I, I like Becky's um, comment, right? You're, you're ready. Like, what, what are you waiting for? Go for it. But I will also say um, the, the first few years in Silicon Valley for, for most people are a little bit like paradise. Like you're in this place where it's always perfect weather and people tell you you can do anything. And, you know, there's this sort of illusion of, of ease. Um, but I think becoming successful in Silicon Valley is actually you're just as hard as anywhere else and you have to really excel really push and you have to have a really deep network and so um, maybe you know an, an advice to to some of the folks who are on this call is live the dream and and that's part of the experience but also understand that if you want to be really successful it's a it's a really long-term investment you're making and it's a very very competitive place <laughs> eugene it's a wrong sense of uh kind of feeling of success when you get here, when you see left and right, all these startups uh, raising capital and so on. But for every startup that raises capital, there's many more that actually fail. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, what we've seen at least uh, from the immigrant community, uh, the, they work very hard and uh, the resilience that they, that they have is very strong. So the success of the immigrant founders is higher, uh, at least from our view. That's why don't really we, helpful. Yeah, why don't we, I think uh, we've kind of organically covered most of the areas that I wanted to touch on. Um, I'll ask one kind of last question uh, that's a little bit leading. And then Louis, maybe you can start taking a look at some of the questions from the audience. Uh, if we have some, uh, it's harder for me with, with projecting on screen at the same time and we can yep. dive into that. So last question I would ask you before we dive into our viewer questions is why do you think uh, immigrants are so over-indexed in successful tech companies in Silicon Valley especially? So Eugene, maybe you can kick us off. Yeah, so partly is because Silicon Valley consists of a lot of immigrants. So that's the big part, I mean, there's lots of immigrants that came to Silicon Valley, specifically into tech from the 90s to now. And that's, I think, one reason. The second reason is they're already going through the first filter of actually getting here. So you already have a small percentage of highly successful people that were able to immigrate into US. And then from there, you basically, these people go and get very good education, whether here or somewhere else, but they work very hard to prove everybody there can do it and they can be successful. And I think that's partly this drive to succeed is partly the reason, in my opinion. Becky, maybe over to you. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's, totally true where immigrants are self-selected group. <laughs> They're risk takers that are more driven and, you know, come here. I also feel that, you know, diversity actually makes a huge difference because you have people with a different background, all smart and driven, 
and different ideas, different perspectives, so that the one idea can spark more, so that it creates a little bit different thinking, if we want, we create something like, you know, that new frontier, so to speak, on an intellect perspective. So I think these two add up together, smart people, different background, you bounce the idea, the concentration would drive more of the uh, success, personally, in the company. Very good. And Nessie, do you want to round us out? <laughs> So I, I agree with, with what was said. Maybe one sort of other angle to, to look at it. Um, what I've seen outside of Silicon Valley is a lot of um, push for more innovation through the creation of accelerators and, and things like that. And uh, joining these accelerators when there isn't around you an ecosystem to actually push your company way far beyond these accelerators is, is a trap. <laughs> and so, and the reason is if you go through an accelerator and then you're not able to get more customers, get more funding, hire people who are willing to take the risk, then you're actually stuck with a, a business that has been diluted by the accelerator cannot grow and so you're in a bit of a zombie phase. So it becomes a lifestyle that you're never gonna be really successful, you're never gonna really fail, but if you really wanna, if you really wanna push your company, that's not a good path to take. So just maybe a cautionary tale, it might be better to be an immigrant than to be uh, uh, in a kind of in an accelerator lifestyle in a place where there isn't a path for you to be successful. Yeah, that's that's really that's really insightful. Um, I've seen a number of companies in Europe uh, where the cost of living, especially like Central Eastern Europe, cost of living is very low. They'll go accelerator to accelerator, co uh, collect the nickels and dimes, and kind of live off of that and survive for a number of years without really making progress. Um, but they can never get that time back. So, thanks for that, uh, Louis. Maybe we can jump. Uh, we have a few minutes, so we can jump sure, over. Um Question for, for SC uh, and, and Eugene, especially who are investors, what do you see as the best timing for uh, successful businesses outside the United States to come into the US market? The sooner the better. <laughs> and and I, the, the, the question I get all the time is, oh, as soon as I get funding, I'll move. And that's not how it works. Uh, exactly. You have to be not. all in, you have to make the commitment and by the commitment, I don't mean like, oh, I'm like one week here, one week there. I mean, you relocate your family, you, you know, have a house, you take your, your kids to school, like you immigrate, and then you're all in. Because if you think about it, if you're not all into your business, why would I or anyone here in this panel, you know, take a risk on you because you're not all in, right? So why would we be all in with you? And so... That's often what I tell founders, you have to be all in. Uh, and the sooner you do that, the, the more successful your chances are at building your network, raising money, the sooner you're gonna be ready to make his point. Great point. As, so Eugene, as, anything to add? As, Becky? Yeah, this is like uh, almost words taken out of my mouth <laughs> because we see a lot of, first of all, we see a lot of companies already Delaware registered that are located in different parts of the world. like. So we are kind of a U.S. company. Would you guys invest into us? So we're in Delaware. I'm like, where are you guys? 
like, oh, we're in Ukraine, Russia, or in uh, London or somewhere else. I'm like, guys, like our fund specifically focuses on immigrant founders and you have to be here. Not like on a B1 visa, which is a business visa, but like actually here. It's also showing like a skin in the game that you're willing to risk your cushy lifestyle in uh, those countries and actually move here, take a risk to make your company successful. And when uh, is a good time to move? I think when your product is almost ready to hit the market. Uh, and so at least have some product uh, because I think you spending time with your engineering and product team uh, be, be, before you raise capital is probably a great idea. It's a lot harder nowadays to raise capital on just an idea. Like we want to see a product and at least a little bit of proof of uh, in market fit. Well said. I, I, I often get that feedback, uh, Eugene, for startups that I submit to investors is, you know, uh, and I feel like the bar to at least venture capital has, has really risen in the last uh, five years where um, it used to be early stage and seed capital. And now it's really scaling and growth capital. And, and if you want real seed capital, that's that that market has moved downstream to angel groups and and micro seed uh, VCs. Uh, and really friends, family, and, and high net worth folks. Um, Becky, any thoughts from you as to when is the best time to come to the US? I totally agree uh, with Regina earlier on that um, even though it's the sooner the better, there's a balance um, in you know how much time you start with your team, form your initial engineering team and get the product started. And then and as soon as you can leave, you should be here uh, because take time to build network take time to, to talk to customers. So, you know, maybe not day one, but definitely not, you know, years later. And I think I heard from our earlier discussion that the number one reasons to move here are because of one, the network, uh, two, the deep source of talent, and, and three, uh, the customers. Are there any other reasons to move here or to not move here? Um, and, you know, one of the questions uh, that we have is what is the best method of flipping or, or accessing the U.S. market? Do you need to do a flip? In other words, I think you've said you need to move here, but does that mean your corporate vehicle needs to be a Delaware C-Corp or can you still be a Ukrainian or, or, a, or Hong Kong entity or, or whatever entity of whatever country you're, you're in? Uh, Eugene, SC, do you, want, do you want to give the investor perspective? I guess I'll start. Uh, so we invest into many companies where just the founders are here. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, one portfolio company that actually uh, moved their HQ from the US to Germany mm -hmm. uh, for the some of the legal reasons uh, that the US has um, on privacy laws. And, uh, but generally we tend to invest specifically into the US based companies where the entities in the US, the main entity is in the US. Uh, so the the reference for US entities. Okay. Yeah, How about US or Canada? Okay. So uh, one, one thing that 
um, you really want to keep in mind is when you first move here, how are you going to build your network? And working with someone like Louis, uh, who's incredibly connected, will open doors for you faster than you know you going to five events a week. And so my my two cents, it's it's not a must have for us. We only invest in Dolores C Corp, so it's you know pretty simple. But my my recommendation for you is the sooner you make connections with great law firms and and very well connected lawyers. And the sooner you get to tap into their network, the faster you'll be connected. So that transition, I'd say, make it happen faster. If you're going to do it, why, why are you going to wait anyways? Uh, Becky, do you think that it matters as an entrepreneur what, what, what jurisdiction of, an, of, of your, your company remains? And do you think you need to have all your talent here? Or can they be uh, in other parts of the world? How, do you believe in the distributed model or, uh, or no? I, I was from a uh, from a corporate legal perspective. I think having a Delaware just make everything easier for us. It's like we're not gonna focus time on things doesn't really add value. If we can set up Delaware, be done with it. That's what we will do. But from a competitive access to talent perspective, it, it is not negotiable in these days just to have all the engineers in here in Silicon Valley. We know how expensive everything is. So I think the the balance is to say what is absolutely necessary and then what is the most give us competitive advantage in terms of access to talent and then the cost so the trade-off we have to make well in our case we have the corporate here and we have a delaware entity we just get it done with and then we have other entities uh, in terms of the contract the service entity in other countries to um, complement the structure Thank maybe you. one last um, question as we wrap up uh, as we're a little over the hour now. Uh, last question. Uh, this is a fun one from Alvaro Pena in Bogota. Uh, for those of us in Latin America, there's a lot of talk about Miami becoming the Silicon Valley of Latin America. Is it true? Um, Vitaly and I have had many debates about uh, global markets and where real tech hubs are being developed. I'm going to let you take this one, Vitaly. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, Miami it's, it's a funny. tech hub. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't claim this one, but uh, somebody called Miami the capital of South America, or Latin. America. <laughs> uh, certainly for businesses, especially multinationals, they're headquartered in in Miami. Oftentimes, uh, you have a huge Spanish-speaking population with a lot of business experience from all over the world, uh, not just South Central America. You have a lot of uh, Europeans as well, and um, that may be true. Uh, for example, 500 startups started a, a hub. Uh, there, they tried an accelerator in Mexico years ago, and then they've eventually settled in Miami um, to be kind of more central. Um, I think from that perspective, from cultural perspective and market access perspective, uh, that certainly makes sense. But um, you're not going to find certainly as, as much technical talent. And I think where um, one of the things that I've done uh, several years ago, looking at kind of at the AI era, and which countries or which regions can succeed. Uh, no, uh, none of the top 100 technical universities are in South America. That's a big problem for the region uh, because you really need those graduates and, and deep technical knowledge, particularly in this segment. Uh, so it's a little bit uh, cautionary. So um, depending on what you're working on, if you're working on e-commerce or, or certain things like that, where it's, it's more of kind of applying known business models, certainly Miami is probably a good place. But if you're working on deep tech, um, you know Silicon Valley is certainly number one. Um, AI, particularly uh, the um, Montreal uh, area, has become 
or Montreal and Toronto and Waterloo areas because of the universities have become uh, very deep in AI talent. Uh, so you're seeing these things pop up here and there. Um, that's, that's probably UK has been growing as well in, in that space. Yeah, UK, uh, UK has a number of you know, top universities. Um, so I mean, it, it, if we can just follow the education uh, quality, uh, China, Singapore, uh, Western Europe, uh, US and Toronto Waterloo Corridor uh, seem to be kind of the leads for the next era. Um, Vitaly, I know we're supposed to wrap, but I've got one really great question from my friend, Professor Martin Hamig in, in Zurich. And he's asking, what is the best practice to demonstrate product market fit for a novel technology solution? And I think it's, a, it's an apropos question because I think it, it's no longer the case that you can roll into uh, an investor meeting and, and show a great product. Uh, people want to see it demonstrated uh, proof that there is a market and that, 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 that it fits with your, with your product. And, and uh, so what is the best way to, to demonstrate that? Uh, especially in times of COVID when we're all remote. SC? Yes, show me a sales pipeline. You know, I'm not going to be evaluating your product if, uh, if I, yeah, I may not be in your target market, but if you're telling me I have product market fit, you're telling me I have found people who are willing to pay money for what I've built, well, sh show, me, show me the money. Like that's, that's the best way. What a perfect ending for a great webinar. Show me the money, Vitaly. I think you should wrap with some, with some music on top of that. I just wanted to thank all of our panelists for joining today. Fun. What a great topic. And I invite all of you to, to follow up. We will circulate the slides and we'll circulate a recording of this video uh, all by email. And, and uh, I certainly can be found uh, on the internet at l2council.com and don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you for the wonderful panel. Let's see, Jean, Becky, and uh, thanks again to our teams at Drake Star and L2 Council uh, for pulling the data together and helping organize. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching along. We hope to see you on the next one. We hope you find value. And, and if you have additional questions, anything we missed, there are plenty of questions we didn't get to. Please reach out to us and, and find us in various places. Thank you again. Have a great day thanks and everyone. evening.